1: awesome awesome hey look it's an entertainment business are you not entertained it's entertaining bring in cam newton what the hell who cares if it helps the football team win games you get the fan base excited and now it's for the coaching staff to figure out how to use him but they had a need and david tepper the owner of the team peter is in franchise quarterback treasure hunt mode and he is going to look anywhere he can under any rock that he can lift to try to find a franchise quarterback. Tried it with Teddy Bridgewater, didn't work. Sam Darnold, didn't work. Half a season with Cam Newton, unlikely that Newton will be the guy next year, but at least gets us through this year. And who knows? Who knows what we'll see in Cam Newton? Who knows? What the hell? But meanwhile, they don't have to worry about Darnold. They don't have to worry about P.J. Walker. And they do get a little boost as they go down the stretch. And Christian McCaffrey's healthy again. And they're in the NFC, wide open for the seventh seed. And you could maybe even put the sixth seed in that category as well. We know who the five best teams in the NFC are. Beyond that, who knows? Well, there's two playoff spots for who knows. And maybe the Panthers with Cam Newton, it all lines up and they can make a run at this. I I was stunned by the news and I'm delighted by it. It makes it, we talked earlier about fun. Something like this is fun to me.
2: I don't mean to be the one who is passing gas in Sunday, Mike, but I do want to just point one thing out. The Carolina Panthers guaranteed $4.5 million to a quarterback who's been on the street for two months, who has had little if any interest in him, and who last year played for the New England Patriots when he was only slightly tarnished for a total of $3.75 million. I just want to know, why do you pay Cam Newton that much money guaranteed for half a season of football? I am mind-boggled. I'm befuddled. Maybe it's you're trying to make up and kiss and make up with the guy and so you give him enough money to buy his, uh, his dream house in Turks and Caicos. I don't know. But I just, I thought that was the, we- in a year when the salary cap is shrinking drastically. For anybody to guarantee Cam Newton for half a season, that amount of money is just Weird.
1: Well, but but we got to look at the, the full context here. One of the reasons he was available for two months was because the planets had to line up perfectly. No one was going to sign him to be a backup. He wasn't going to sign to be a backup. It had to be a situation where starting quarterback done and the next man up is somebody that you really don't want to be your starting quarterback. So Darnold injured, and even if he's not injured, even if he's just injured, they're done with him. P.J. Walker... Not the answer for half of a season when you're still very much alive for a wild card berth. So, perfect opportunity for Cam Newton. Perfect chance for him to come home. And that $4.5 could be money well spent because the ticket demand in Carolina has already spiked. It's a great homecoming feel for a guy who was the MVP of the league in 2015 and was with the Panthers for a decade. And, you know, he, we'll see what he's got left in the tank. There were mixed opinions around the league as to how close to E the needle is for Cam Newton. Well, he's going to have a chance to show it. And, and you know, this is my... Uh, I made this argument when the the Colts signed Phillip Rivers and gave him $25 million, the same $25 million that Drew Brees got last year and that Tom Brady got last year, and I said that Phillip Rivers should basically wear a ski mask the entire season. Part of what you need to do is... Uh, you know, you got You got to pay your quarterback in a way that makes sure there's no doubt that he's the man. And with Cam Newton, he walks through the door; he's the man. You got to give him a contract that supports the idea that he's the man. And now they they'll see. They'll see whether or not it works.
2: I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, I guess so. I just, I mean, I watched Cam Newton play football last year. Did you? I, I yes. I mean, and. I, I'm not, I'm not, I, look, I think probably. Why did, why'd probably. they re
1: sign him, Peter? Peter, why'd they re sign him then? Why did the Patriots re sign him and go oh. through that charade if he was so bad last year? Cam Newton, if because he was so bad last year, know? why didn't they just say, see you later?
2: Because it's better than Brian Hoyer. That's why. It's better than Brian Hoyer, and they signed him for a song. They signed him for nothing. I no, Peter, they had oh. other
1: options. There were other guys out there. What? There, there were free agents galore what? at the quarterback position.
2: There are guys out there. They could
1: they could I'm just saying, if if they were if they decided that Cam Newton Newton was a failure, they would have never re-signed him.
2: But Cam Newton But Mike, he did not play well in any way, shape, or form. He ran for a few touchdowns. How did he throw the ball? Was he reliable? Was he great? No, he wasn't. He had a lousy year in New England. And the only point I'm making is that. In the NFL, in my opinion, I'm not sure why you pay all that money for a guy when you don't have to. I just, I, you know, if Cam Newton is going to demand all this money, just say, hey, listen, this is the only place you're going to have an opportunity with a team remotely on the edge of a playoff race. And also, here's my other question. David Tepper has now paid all this money for, and I forget who tweeted it yesterday, uh, they've paid a lot of money for a replacement for Cam Newton, and now they've paid money, uh, four point five million dollars, for Cam Newton to replace the guy who was supposed to replace Cam Newton, and 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 so on and on and on it goes. And what have they done? They are, they are selling the farm. You know, they're spending all this money for what a forty percent chance to win the seventh seed. And to get blown out by whoever in the first round of the playoffs, I don't know, Mike. I just, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of this move at all.
1: Well, David Tepper is a guy who is very aggressive and he is determined. And this has resonated with me for three or four years now. Whenever they were the target of the all or nothing series from amazon that has gone away and i don't think it's coming back unfortunately although the in-season hard knocks debuts next week david tepper riding in the back of an suv said that the league is set up for all teams to be eight and eight and you bend it in your favor with a great coach a great gm and most importantly a great quarterback he's determined to get that great quarterback he wanted deshaun watson it didn't work out and i'm not saying that david tepper is so misinformed that he thinks Cam Newton is going to come back and be the guy for the next decade, but he's a guy that can at least be the placeholder while they continue their search in the off season, whether it's Deshaun Watson or someone else who can come in and be their franchise quarterback, but they still have to get through the games. They want the stadium to be full. They want the fan base to be engaged. And I think that's why he's decided midway through the season, I got to scrap what was plan A for this year? We already know that plan A for this year is a failure. Let's let's make chicken salad and let's get to April and we'll go back to the lab and figure out who our quarterback is. And Peter, look, to your point, if this ends up being a disaster, I, I was on radio in Charlotte the other day and they were asking me if Matt Rule's on the hot seat and it's like there's no way in hell he's on the hot seat. He's two years into his contract to pay him $9 million a year. But you know what? One thing we've learned about David Tepper, he doesn't wait to admit a mistake. He doesn't wait to double down and see if it gets better. Once he decides you're not the guy, you're done. You're gone. So uh, I, if I'm Matt Rule, I, I don't want to be the subject of that evaluation after the season from a guy who, right or wrong, like it or not, he is not going to be very patient. We've seen it with quarterbacks. And now we've seen this impulsive move to get Cam Newton. Matt Rule better better make the best batch of chicken salad he can. Because I think at some level it's gonna creep into David Tepper's thought process. Maybe I didn't get the right coach. So th- it's gonna be well, a fascinating rest of the also, season.
2: David Tepper also studied at the altar of the Roonies. And he's not firing Matt Rule after two years, unless Matt okay. Rule so did Jimmy Haslam. Robs so did, down so did
1: Jimmy service. Haslam, Peter. Jimmy Haslam studied at yeah. the Order of the Roonies, too, and look what happened there. Right. I'm just telling you, these I guys get impatient.
2: That. I do understand They that. get impatient. I do understand that. But the first coaches who Jimmy Haslam hired were not Matt Rule, were not going to Waco, Texas, and sitting in his living room and offering him $9 million a year to not go interview with the New York Giants, but to come back on a plane and get introduced as the coach of the Carolina Panthers. He's not, 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 not firing Matt Rule if the rest of this year is a debacle. Now, right. I don't know why they gave Matt Rule, or they gave uh, Cam Newton all this money. I don't know why. But I have Maybe it's the same reason they gave Matt Rule
1: all the money. Maybe maybe, maybe the guy with billions just pisses away money. Maybe that's the explanation. I ga- I There's have more where that came suspicions.
2: from. What are I ga- they? I have my suspicions. That that David Tepper uh, photographed with Cam Newton was somewhere in the foreground of making that decision of giving yeah. them all this money, which yeah. is just it's it's Mike, it's mind boggling. It just is. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, hey. There's no other way for me to look at it.
1: Peter, I reject now and forever this notion that we hear from time to time that owners aren't involved in football decisions. I've hired people. For that. I'm not I don't tell them what to do. Bull crap. The owners make known what they want. One of the privileges of being a billionaire is you don't have to ever give a direct order. The people around you who are smart figure out what you want, and if they want to continue to work for you, they do it. And I, and Tepper probably isn't even that subtle. This is his team. He's going to do what he wants with that team. If he wants to waste money on Teddy Bridgewater, he'll do it. If he wants to waste money on Sam Darnold, who he owes $18 million next year, guaranteed, fully and completely, he'll do it. He'll do whatever the hell he wants. Because that's the mindset of the oligarch. That's how it is, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's not. I'd love to be an oligarch. Please give me the roadmap to become an oligarch. The life of an oligarch is great. You can spend however much money you want on whatever you want. You want something? Whatever Costco get it. You want Matt Rule? You don't want him to go to the Giants? What's it take? Nine million? Who the hell cares? There's no salary cap for coaches. I got plenty. I got billions. I'll pay the guy nine million a year. So I'm just saying we have we have a personality coaching a t- or owning a team that is erratic and unpredictable in a fun way for me because I like that element because it keeps things very interesting. And if you don't have David Tepperone in that team,
2: I don't think they make that move yesterday, Peter. Mike, uh, just follow my logic here for a second because it's illogical logic. The Carolina Panthers most likely in a span of 25 months are going to pay $63 million to Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> – which however much he yearned to that, whatever it is, right? You're going to pay a lot to Teddy Bridgewater to replace Cam Newton. Then they're going to pay $18 million uh, next year guaranteed uh, for a player, uh, Sam Darnold, who they thought might replace Cam Newton and Teddy Bridgewater. And now they're bringing in Cam Newton, a tarnished former hero, and guaranteeing a money that no one else in the league was ever going to come close to to replace Sam Darnold, who couldn't replace Teddy Bridgewater, who couldn't replace Cam Newton. And you know what's going to happen next March? They're going to be all in on any quarterback who, who is warm-blooded and who has a chance to be their long-term quarterback. I mean, at some point, don't you get a little bit dizzy from all the mistakes that they make evaluating the quarterback position?
1: Hey, Peter, I'll add this. If Deshaun Watson had been willing to trade or waive his no-trade clause and go to the Panthers, they would have given the Texans whatever they want, and they would have taken on Deshaun Watson without regard to the 22 pending civil complaints or the 10 criminal complaints. They, they weren't batting an eye. That that was where it was postured a couple of weeks ago, where the Dolphins wanted the cases to be settled. David Tepper and the Panthers were there saying, hey, Deshaun, come here. We don't care. We're fine. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll give the Texans what they want. Let's do it. So he's desperate to get a top-five quarterback. And the thing is, he's going to keep swinging the bat Until it happens. And he may clunk himself in the head a few times along the way. But he's not going to stop. And right or wrong, it's fascinating that there's an owner who is that hell-bent on getting a franchise quarterback that he is willing to be that aggressive to the point where millions are being poured down
2: a dry hole. I mean, my only point, and the reason we're talking about this today, is that they made a decision yesterday that I just frankly do not understand in any way. And look, I will understand it, I suppose, if Cam Newton plays at his 2015 level. And I'll tell you what, it'll be the comeback story of, et- of any year, if he does. And good luck to them. Uh, and, and look, I'm not wishing them ill in any way, but I just think logically this thing yesterday makes no sense.
1: When we return, the quarterback who's coming back from a serious finger injury against the quarterback who passed gas in the church of the NFL. We'll discuss that when PFT Live. If you just tuned in, you probably wondered what the hell is this guy talking about? Hopefully you've been with us the last 10 minutes. More PFT Live right after this.
0: Yeah, I, feel, I feel great. I feel really close. Um, i not, not, not 100% yet, but I'm pretty dang close. I would say uh, I'm a 90 percentile, if not higher. Um, you know, So I, I feel great. Um, I, feel, I I got great conviction uh, about what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. My mindset's better than ever, uh, ready to roll, and we're uh, ready to go.
1: Russell Wilson is back. Mallet finger healed. Pin removed. Cleared and good to go. Full go in practice this week. And it's a big one for the Seahawks. 3-5 and five, coming out of their bye. Going to Green Bay to face the 7-2 and two Packers who presumably will have Aaron Rodgers. Now he said earlier this week on Pat McAfee's show that there's a slight possibility he won't play because of cardiovascular issues, heart concern under exertion after coming off of the COVID reserve list. It was Chandler Jones who missed one game due to having COVID, missed another game due to the effects of having COVID. So it's not a done deal yet that we will see Aaron Rodgers, but I think it'll be a stunner if he doesn't play. And big game for both teams, Peter. Huge game for the Seahawks, though, who have not won at Lambeau Field since 1999, Mike Holmgren's first year after he defected from Green Bay.
2: You know, when I look at this game, uh, it, it's it's sort of a stunning situation to be in right now because, I, I mean, it's easy to, to, to basically isolate on the quarterback matchup. And I, would, I totally understand why everybody is looking at the quarterback matchup as well they should. But I think in the bigger picture, you look at Seattle at being 3 and 5 right now. And Seattle's in the same position right now as the San Francisco 49ers are. And I don't think anybody expected these two teams to be in mid-season both having a I mean a borderline must must win uh, in the middle of November. But how if you're San Francisco or Seattle, do you come back from a sixth loss? especially with the schedule that Seattle faces down the stretch. So this is the kind of game that I understand that, that maybe, maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers plays in the game and is not what he normally would be. And hey, if I, were, uh, if, if I were Seattle and I were Ken Norton, who's under a great amount of pressure as the defensive coordinator... I'd be blitzing the heck out of Aaron Rodgers. I would make him run around a lot. Do not give him any piece in the pocket, even if it means that you're going to get beat on some deep balls because Aaron Rodgers loves it when teams blitz. The, the cumulative effect of that blitz, in my opinion, would be really advantageous to Seattle on Sunday. And as far as Wilson goes, look... As much as any time in his career, he's got to put his team on his back and get the fourth win of the season for the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Peter, you make an excellent point about the blitz. And if anyone from the Seahawks was watching the Thursday night game, maybe they saw it as some sort of a sign that Jamal Adams should blitz on every single snap, get after Yeah. Aaron Rodgers wear him out let's see what kind of shape he's in that's a great point I mean look that they, they, they they're just trying to win a football game you know that they am sorry Aaron Rodgers you were out for 10 days sorry Aaron Rodgers maybe you're not in the shape you need to be in sorry Aaron Rodgers maybe you got some after effects of COVID we're coming after you with everything we have and maybe that's why Matt LaFleur earlier in the week suggested that both quarterbacks will play maybe they will manage him maybe they will recognize that Aaron Rodgers isn't game condition after this unexpected trip to the COVID list, especially if the Seahawks do what you're suggesting. And they should harass him and chase him and force him to run. Force that body to work when it's been
2: sitting on a couch for 10 days. Look, you can say if you're looking at schedules down the stretch that Look, Seattle, this is a must win. Seattle's got Arizona twice the rest of the way. They got the Rams once the rest of the way. And so this is a really, really important game. But I would also make this point about how, uh, and I don't mean to be Kevin Bacon in Animal House saying all is well, but I will make this point about their schedule the rest of the way. Washington, Houston, Chicago, Detroit, So they have some games on their schedule the rest of the way that they know they can get fat on, but they can't just look at their schedule as a three and five team and say, well, we've got some comfort down the stretch. You got to pile up wins. You've got to win a couple of games that you have no business winning. This Sunday is one of those games.
1: Uh, Absolutely. One of the great games of the week. And it will tell us a lot about where both teams currently are. Let's take a break. We will rip through some of the other big matchups for Week 10 when this Friday edition of PFT Live continues right after this.
0: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there,
1: i'm pretty sure you're preparing to be an out of two yeah uh, any day now i saw your wife in the elevator i think she said 10 days on thursday with the mark this
0: weekend yeah uh,
1: coming up uh, so what's that been like for you this week as you kind of handle both and get ready for that as your phone on loud do you have yeah. someone like at practice
0: making sure someone's watching your phone yeah if i talked to coach uh, early this week you know i could get a call at any point here um we're excited um, we're excited as a family Um, You know, if if it comes down to a game, I told my wife I'm playing and then I'll I'll see you at the hospital afterwards. Uh, And she knew that. She knew that. She's been great. But uh, Coach has been understanding with meetings and everything. We'll, We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know, confident God will time it up the way it's supposed to work out.
1: intensely personal decision that everyone has to make in that setting do you play or do you not play Carson Wentz has made that decision we have made the decision that it's time for today's speed round brought to you by Verizon the official 5G network of the NFL Peter let's get to it wow the Browns at the Patriots both teams five and four are you buying the Patriots after three straight wins or do you need to see more
2: I'm definitely buying them uh, last weekend. A coach I respect a lot, a head coach I respect a lot. This is before Buffalo went to Jacksonville and lost 9-6. to six. Told me he thought that New England is the best team in the division and that New England would win the AFC East. And I think the one thing, if, and everybody's going to say, well, wait a second, wait a second. Mac Jones over Josh Allen. I will just say this. Look at how the New England defense is playing right now. There's a reason that they were able to say goodbye to Stephon Gilmore without much emotion. They are loaded on defense right now. And my feeling is that defense is going to carry him the rest of the way. And obviously every week is a new test. But my feeling is right now New England is headed for at worst in the AFC the uh fifth
1: seed and they are a team that you are not going to want to see in the postseason not with all the experience that bill belichick has and i don't care that the quarterback is a rookie he won't be a rookie by the time the playoffs roll around he will have had 17 games under his belt and it won't matter because it's belichick time when we get the single elimination the browns after getting a big win in cincinnati and look, this is a great test of Kevin Stefanski versus Bill Belichick, but I, I'm with you. I, I think the Patriots, they're, they're better than I thought they would be right now, and I only see them getting better as the season continues to unfold. The Saints, 5-3. and three. They, they had a loss last week after winning three in a row. The Titans have won five in a row. They're at home. They're favored. They've been underdogs four straight games and had won every one of them. Will the Titans get to their sixth straight victory, Peter?
2: I think the Titans get to their sixth straight victory because right now, I just don't trust uh, what New Orleans can do in the passing game. Um, I'm not sure that Sean Payton knows. I think he wakes up in the morning and plays left brain, right brain. Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill. And I think he knows right now that no matter who he plays, um, he's not going to be able to use his full playbook essentially and so that is i think going to hurt the new orleans offense the rest of the year um basically having to uh you know kind of scotch tape a game plan together because you're not positive that your quarterbacks can run everything in it conversely what i saw last weekend in a very physical tennessee team at the rams is that this is a team that that can disrupt what any offense can do and on the other side the terminally underrated Ryan Tannehill is good enough to handle whatever he needs to handle uh, with Derrick Henry out I like Tennessee
1: yeah boy Sean Bateman would love to have Ryan Tannehill right now without Jameis Winston with Trevor Simeon and or Taysom Hill it sure feels like the Saints are going to be in the mix for a big time quarterback in the offseason but for now I never underestimate Sean Payton, but this just seems like a tough right. spot for the Saints. The Titans, they, they, I think that loss to the Jets, which was the last time they've lost, I think it has taught them that very important lesson that other good teams are losing sight of. Repeatedly, whether it was the Ravens last night, the Bills on Sunday, the Cowboys on Sunday, whatever the case may be, every game needs to be approached. As a standalone must-win, and you have to take every opponent right. seriously. Not that the Titans wouldn't take the Saints seriously, but I think the Titans have mastered the art of one game at a time. We we hear that cliche one and o, oh, one and o. Oh. We're just trying to go one and o. Oh. The Titans have found a groove where they are going 1-0, and and they understand the importance of that mindset. 1-0. and Forget about what you did. Forget about what's to come. Focus on right now, and that's why I'd like the Titans to continue this streak that they're on. The Vikings, different kind of streak. They've lost two in a row. Uh, games they could have won. Games they should have won. But they're 3-5. and five. They go to face the Chargers in SoFi Stadium. First time the Vikings have ever played there. Probably plenty of Vikings fans in attendance because it's the Chargers and they don't get a lot of their own people to show up. Do we see another heartbreaker for the Vikings? And the way the formula's gone, Peter, double-digit lead, fourth quarter, lead evaporates, and then Vikings scramble to pull a rabbit out of their butts. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't.
2: You know, Mike, I remember before the year when uh, I was ranking the teams uh, 1-32 to and uh, I rank the Vikings fairly low, somewhere I think in the like the you know the early twenties, something like that. And I got a lot of email from people saying you are vastly underrating their defense. They're going to get all these people back. They're going to have this guy back and that guy and all that stuff. And and honestly, when I look at disappointing units in the NFL this year. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings defense has to be in the top five easily. You know, for the Vikings, with the amount of money they have devoted to their defense, uh, with the draft capital that they've devoted to their defense, to be 28th in the NFL right now in defense, to be given up whatever it is, 26 points a game, whatever the number is, is just is not acceptable. I don't know any other way to put it. And that's why I think, you know, this is going to have to be a game where Kirk Cousins has to say to himself mentally coming in, we're playing a pretty good defense with a very good secondary, and we have to come into this game knowing that we got to score in the 30s to have a good chance to win. Because I can just imagine that Justin Herbert sees an awful lot of opportunities when he studies the film of the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Oh and I think the Vikings will score in the 30s and I think it'll look like they're going to win at one point And then you know 5 minutes left it, it's all going to fall apart and they'll have a chance to win at the end sometimes they do sometimes they don't it's a recipe for 9 and 8 8 and 9 10 and 7 7 and 10 maybe they have a chance to make a run at the 7 seed but this team just has no consistency other than being consistently inconsistent and that's one of the reasons why they're 3 and 5 Raiders 5 and 3 Chiefs 5 and 4 Sunday night football in Las Vegas. Will the Chiefs' struggles continue, or are they on the verge of figuring it out? You know, these other teams in the division creating an opening for the Chiefs to run with it. This is their opportunity on Sunday night. Do you think they take advantage?
2: I I like the Raiders in this game. I think they're a lot better than they showed last week. I went to the game at the Meadowlands, and that was not the Derek Carr that I've seen. Derek Carr has played two Bad games this year. One was against Chicago, and one was against the Giants. And the overthrows, the the underthrows on the Xavier McKinney second interception just was weird, uh, very un-Derek car like. And whether it has anything to do with Henry Ruggs, I don't know. But what does it matter? It is what it is. Now he's got Deshaun Jackson. I'm sure that there will be a package of plays this week for Deshaun Jackson. Remember, they wanted Zay Jones to play the same role as Henry Ruggs. I watched Zay Jones every snap in that game. He doesn't have take the top off the defense speed, and he couldn't do it. So they go out and get uh, Deshaun Jackson. And I would just say one thing to, to the Raiders. Be careful with Deshaun Jackson. You know, he's, he, doesn't, he can't play a lot of snaps. It's almost like, I I, I mean, if they want him to be an every-down receiver, they're not going to have him for very many weeks of this season. He'll get hurt. He's 35 years old or whatever he is. And as far as the Chiefs go, the only thing I would say is that the longer that it happens that they struggle on offense, and to say they've struggled on offense is is an understatement, 12.3 points a game in the last three weeks, the longer they go, the more it has to hit them mentally. How in the world can we get out of this? And, and you know, I feel like eventually
1: they will. And maybe, maybe their problem is they just assume they will. Maybe at some point they just have yeah. to adjust to who they are. And work within that. And I think there were some signs of that last week. Maybe putting some restrictions on Patrick Mahomes. I still think that the toe's not right. I think that's the explanation. I think he's lost that little bit of an edge that made him extra special. And now he's just special. And I don't know that that toe anytime soon is going to be back to the point where he can be the guy that we saw 2018, 2019, 2020. Real quickly, the Falcons at the Cowboys I think what happened on Sunday to Dallas was an aberration. The Falcons are playing very well. I just think this is the worst time to face the Cowboys because they probably heard it all week long from Mike McCarthy and anyone named Jones.
2: Look, my feeling is they are, the, the Cowboys, this is the most dangerous week of the season to be playing them. I think they're going to play a great game, and look, I I think Arthur Smith has done a fantastic job in getting this team to be, because right now you would say that they've got to be leaders in the clubhouse for the seventh seed in the NFC. Who thought, I never thought, I thought they were going to be a, a bottom five or six team in this league. and And so kudos to them, but terrible week to be playing the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then coming up for the Cowboys, the Chiefs in Kansas City and thanksgiving against the raiders some fun cowboys games on the horizon we're gonna have some fun next with the show me something draft for week 10 we'll do that when pft live continues right after this
0: pro football talk is brought to you by verizon the official 5g network of the nfl
2: what do you got daniel jones this is a year he's got to develop Show me something, Daniel Jones. At some point, the quarterback has to lift his team. Show me something, Daniel Jones. This is the kind of game that Daniel Jones has to get right. Show me something, Daniel Jones. This is a game, Daniel Jones, that you were drafted to win. Show me something, Daniel Jones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Daniel Jones will be showing us nothing this weekend. It's the bye for the New York Giants. So oh, we don't have second. to. Wait a second. I
2: haven't spoken yet, Mike. Okay. Go you ahead. don't know.
1: Okay. All right. Well, Sh- Let's get to it. Show You're me off.
2: something. Show me something, Daniel Jones. Show me how to relax during a bye week. <laughs> All
1: right, give me your real first pick.
2: Okay, in my opinion, look, it's it's a it's an odd one to say. Show me something, but show me something. Aaron Rodgers, come back from this horribly debilitating image thing that happened, and and come back from it. And play very well against what I believe will be a major pressure defense. Even though this is a game that everybody says, ah, the Packers ought to win if Rodgers plays. Imagine not having any practice, not doing anything basically for 10 days and going in and playing an NFL game. Show me you're ready, Aaron Rodgers.
1: Show me something, Dak Prescott, specifically show me that last week was indeed an aberration and not a sign of things to come, that the Cowboys we saw before week nine are the real Cowboys. Dak Prescott hadn't played for three weeks. The calf is now healed. It's not on the injury report at all. He was 19 of 39 last week. They were down 30 to nothing at one point against an inferior team. You got to show me ability on the field and you got to show me leadership if things begin to go badly like they did last week against the Broncos.
2: Show me something, Josh Allen, and I don't mean the Jacksonville defensive end either. Show me something, Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, who goes to Jacksonville and who basically reverts to the old Josh Allen, playing hero ball, throwing a terrible interception uh, late in the game that really ended up hurting uh buffalo and 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 look that loss to me is on josh allen so you say well gee show me something he's going to play the jets well you know the buffalo bills and the new york jets have shown that there's no such thing as a sure thing so show me something going to the meadowlands josh allen make sure that your offense is reborn and you don't revert to 2019 I'm going to do something I usually don't do for the Show Me Something draft. I'm going to look ahead
1: to the Monday night game, and I'm going to say, show me something, Kyle Shanahan. 19-37 and 37 is the record of Shanahan in San Francisco if we remove 2019. As Mike Sando of The Athletics said on Sunday, 2019 is treated as the rule when in reality it's the exception for the 49ers under Shanahan. Eight games under 500, as you've said in the past, and they're still there even with 2019 included this is a must-win game on monday night against a rams team that is feeling desperate after losing in primetime 8 days earlier show me something kyle shanahan that you can dial it up in a way that matches the reputation that has emerged regarding your skills and abilities
2: you know mike somehow some way i just keep I, i've started to think to myself that somebody's going to hire Kyle Shanahan for a second head coaching job in the NFL. And I'm not saying he's going to be Bill Belichick after the Browns, but if he does have to have a second act, I think it'll be tremendous. Now everybody's going to say uh, blah, 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 Maybe maybe he'll be Mike
1: Shanahan after the Raiders. Maybe that's what it'll be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. And look, I hate to, I hate to, you know, to, to basically really bang one game a lot. Okay, but this Chiefs Raiders game, show me something, Patrick Mahomes. It's this is a game that the Kansas City Chiefs, if they want to have, if they fall to five and five, I'm not saying they won't make the playoffs, but you are on a terrible slide offensively. And Patrick Mahomes, you are the guy. Andy Reid can call whatever plays he wants. You have to make it work. The quarterback has to execute what the coach says. You're a great football player and will be a great football player for a long time. You're in a bad slump right now. You know, you are 0 for 64 and you're the cleanup hitter in game four of the World Series. You have got to come through in this game and you've got to beat the sudden arch rival Raiders. Show me something, Patrick Mahomes.
1: Here's my last one real quickly. Show me anything, Jared Goff. And it's a tall task this week, even though they're coming off their bye. I'm looking at the Pittsburgh forecast for game time. 37 degrees, light rain. Let's check the wind here. Let's see. The wind's going to be around 10 miles an hour. I don't have a lot of faith in Jared Goff, and he still has yet to win a game without Sean McVay as his head coach. I think that continues in Pittsburgh. But show me anything. Jared Goff. We'll take a break and wrap up this Friday edition of PFC Live right after this. The play didn't count, but you know what? Everything counts once it makes its way onto social media. Robert Hunt, internet sensation. Look at that. Look at that. That's better <laughs> than the Aaron Rodgers photo from two weeks ago. Well, Close. It's a close second to the Aaron Rodgers photo. There he is. <laughs> there he is. Going for gold. Over the That's bar. Fantastic. I love it. I'm sure there'll be plenty more. Uh, we, there's more out there. That's the one that we have for now. Peter, we don't have much time. Do you have an upset pick you like this week?
2: Mike, I, is it is it an upset really in that Kansas City? G- give me the line on the Kansas City uh, Raiders game.
1: I think it's I think it's Raiders' very slim favorite,
2: I think. All right, I'm going to take Kansas City in that game. Even though I think the Raiders are a better team right now, Kansas City gets it together and figures a way to win one game. That's what Andy Reid's mantra is going to be, win one game.
1: And I agree with you. I think the Chiefs will win that game. And also, I think that the Jaguars getting 10 in Indianapolis is way too much. I, I, you know, not that the Jaguars are going to get to two in a row, but that team that played on Sunday, I don't think is going to get blown out by anybody at this point. But we'll see. They got blown out by the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago. You never know. That's the thing. It's great for fans. It's horrible for those of us who are expected to know what the hell is going to happen. Because last weekend, last night proved us, Peter. We don't know we what don't. the hell is going to happen.
2: We don't know what the hell is going to happen. Have no clue.
1: I, I am very We've just spent about two what's hours happen saying now. we have no clue. The show's going to end. See you Monday.